Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hey guys, Corey from Sleepyhead Stories. Sorry we were on a bit of a vacation. We missed you all. We actually didn't go anywhere. We just took a break for the month of August doing summer things here in Florida, hanging out with the family. And I hope that you're all healthy and feeling good. We're doing good over here. Conchetta's playing with her cousins right now. Uh, Just the other day, we recorded an episode of Sleepyhead Stories. We recorded the story of Tom Thumb. So I'm finally getting a chance to put it all together now. I hope you guys enjoy it. And we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming now, releasing a podcast every week. So guys, thanks for waiting. We missed you guys. I did get requests for shout-outs over the last few weeks, and we will be doing those in the upcoming episodes. So thank you. Hey guys, <laughs> we're inside a fort. You can't see it. Get out. I'm not allowed in the fort. Um, in a few seconds, I'm gonna make a sound that says kid, "kids only." Oh, kids only in the mm-hmm. fort. Conchetta is building a fort, guys, and we're I'm in it right now. But I guess I'm getting kicked out. You don't want to read a book in here with me? Uh-uh. No. Well, we could read a book outside. Oh, outside. Not in the fort. fort. I'm not allowed in the fort, guys. Wow. <laughs> it's a big fort. I know. It's a really big fort. Hey, how about you um take a picture of it and send it on Instagram so other people could see it? Sure, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm going to send it to Tori. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, this is really nice in here. I'm going to pull it. Don't pull it. It's going to fall. <laughs> Guys, do you ever make forts at home? Let us know. Send us pictures of your forts to our Instagram or our email address. We'd like to see them. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go find some books. We can read in here? No? Mm, Not in the fort. No, I'm I'm trying to get inside the fort. You won't let me in, huh? Wow. All right. You're not even allowed on my bunk bed. Wow. Where am I allowed? <laughs> You're allowed to stand my carpet forever. Stand where? On the carpet? Yeah, forever. Oh, gosh. On the couch forever. All right, I'm going. I'll bring to... you food and apples. Yeah, bring me food. <laughs> I'm going now. Goodbye. Go! Tom Thumb. There once was an ordinary woodcutter and his wife who made an extraordinary son. He was no bigger than a man's thumb, but they loved him enormously. Because of his size, they named him Tom Thumb. No matter how much his mother fed him, Tom never grew taller. His parents were anxious that being so small might prevent him from doing things other children could. 
but Tom wasn't going to let his size get in the way of his adventure. He used a walnut shell as a canoe and a teaspoon as a paddle. He built himself a go-kart from a matchbox with buttons for wheels. He even tamed a field mouse and made a little saddle so he could go ride on it. One morning, Tom's father was getting ready to go to work. Please, could you bring me the cart when you're finished with it? He asked his wife. Mother's so busy, said Tom. Why don't I bring it to you? The woodcutter smiled at his son. That's very kind of you, Tom, but you're far too small to lead a horse by the reins. That doesn't matter, said the boy. I can sit in its ears and tell it which way to go. Very well, said the woodcutter. Let's give it a try. And so, when it was time to go, Tom's mother lifted him up into the horse's ear. Giddy up, he called, and the horse trotted obediently along the track. They hadn't gone far when they drove past two men from the circus, the ringmaster and a clown. The circus men were surprised to see a horse and a cart go by without a driver. They were even more startled when the horse seemed to call out, Giddy up! I've never seen anything like it, exclaimed the clown. Was that a talking horse? It must have been a magic trick, said the ringmaster. Let's follow and find out. Tom Thumb drove on until he came to the spot where his father was working. Here I am, father, he called. I've brought you the cart just as I promised. Well done, Tom, said the woodcutter, holding out his hand next to the horse's ear. Watching from behind a bush, the circus men could scarcely believe their eyes as they watched the tiniest boy they'd ever seen hop onto the palm of the woodcutter's hand. Did you see that? asked the clown excitedly. We'd make a fortune if we had that boy in our show. The ringmaster rubbed his hands together greedily. Yes, people would pay big money to see a small boy, he agreed. So the men strode over to the woodcutter. Please allow us to introduce ourselves, began the ringmaster with a theatrical bow. We are performers from the circus. We couldn't help noticing that you have an unusually small son. He'd fit perfectly in our act. But I don't, began the woodcutter. Just think, the clown interrupted him. With us, he could become a huge star, travel the world, and see his name up in lights. The ringmaster dug into his pocket and pulled out a bag of gold coins. Of course, we'll make it worth your while, he said, jangling the coins. What? Sell my son, cried the woodcutter. His mother and I wouldn't part with him for all the riches in the world. But Tom sensed an opportunity. He climbed up his father's sleeve and whispered in his ear. We really do need the money, he said. Let me go with these jokers. I'll be back home before you know it, I promise. The woodcutter couldn't help worrying about his son, but he knew he could take care of himself. So he took the bag of gold and said, Goodbye, Tom. With a satisfied smirk, 
The ringmaster put Tom on the brim of his hat, and they set off. They walked all afternoon, with Tom jingling along on the rim ringmaster's hat and whistling as he enjoyed the view. The light was starting to fade when they became to a crossroads. Please, may I get down for a moment? Tom Thumb called. I need to stretch my legs. Very well, said the ringmaster, setting the boy down on the side of the road. Thanks for the ride, Tom called merrily, and he darted straight down a mouse hole. Hey, what do you think you're doing, yelled the clown. Come out of there, you little rascal, shouted the ringmaster furiously. The circus men poked twigs down the mouse hole to try to force Tom out but he'd just crawl further and further in out of their reach. By nightfall, the men had to admit defeat. It's no use, we've lost him, the ringmaster sighed, and all of our gold, too. I can't believe you fell for his trick, cried the clown. You meant to be the clever one. Well, you didn't do much help, retorted the ringmaster. Tom listened to the two men bickering as they trudged home empty-handed. He was just wondering what to do next when a family of angry mice came and chased him out of the hole. Outside, it was too dark for him to find his way home, so he looked around for somewhere to spend the night. He spotted an empty snail shell. That'll do nicely, he thought. So, with some soft moss for a pillow and a leaf for a cover, he curled up. Inside the shell is where he slept. He was just drifting off to deep sleep when he heard voices. So he peered out to see who it was. A spotty youth clutching a big bulging sack was talking to an older man. Who are you going to rob next, Dad? asked the youth. There's a wealthy old priest who lives down the road, his father replied. Let's try him. Tom was shocked. I can't let these two scoundrels rob a priest, he thought. So he got out of the snail shell and followed them. The robbers tiptoed around the priest's house, looking for a way to break in. The doors had strong locks on them, and there are iron bars on all the windows, muttered the youth. How are we going to get in? I'll help you, Tom called up. Who's there? whispered the youth. "'Where are you?' hissed the robber. "'I'm down here,' Tom called. The robbers looked down, stifling gasps of amazement. "'What a tiny boy!' they exclaimed. "'My name's Tom Thumb,' said the boy. "'I can easily slip into the priest's house for you and get whatever you want.' "'Well, you could certainly come in handy,' agreed the robber. So he lifted Tom up onto the kitchen window ledge. Tom slipped through the iron bars and jumped down onto the kitchen table. From there, he leaped onto a chair and slid down one of its legs to the floor. Then, at the top of his little lungs, he yelled, I'm in the house. Now, what do you want me to steal? Keep your voice down, hissed the robber through the window. You'll wake everyone up. But instead, Tom Thumb shouted even louder. There are fancy silver spoons here, he cried. Do you want me to pass them out to you through the window? 
This time, the cook woke up. She sprang out of her bed and rushed to the kitchen, grabbing a rolling pin to fight off the intruder. Run! cried the robber, and he and his son escaped into the night. Tom hurriedly climbed back up the chair and onto the table, but the window was too high for him to reach. The cook looked around the room. Who's there? she called bravely, but she wasn't looking for a thumb-sized boy, so she didn't notice Tom, who he quickly hid under a teacup. I must have been dreaming, she thought, and she went back to bed. Tom was so worn out of his adventures that he curled up under the teacup and fell fast asleep. When he woke up, it was morning. The cook was already up and busy in the kitchen. Tom crawled out from under the teacup and looked for a way to escape. But at that very moment, the kitchen cat looked up and spotted him. Thinking Tom was a mouse, the cat sprang onto the chair and swiped a paw at the boy. Just in time, Tom ducked out of its way and hurled himself off the side of the table. He had no choice but to run for the door. But he was halfway across the room when a gigantic broom knocked him off his feet. The cook had started sweeping the floor. She swept Tom into a bucket full of scraps, which she carried to the yard and threw out onto a heap of kitchen waste. Tom fought his way out from under the pile of potato peelings, only to find himself nose to nose with a scavenging wolf. It stared at him hungrily and bared its razor-sharp teeth. Before Tom could dive out of the way, the wolf snapped at him and swallowed him whole. Sitting in the pit of the wolf's stomach, Tom was surrounded by all sorts of disgusting things. The wolf had eaten everything. It gave him an idea. Mr. Wolf, he called. It's me, the little boy you just ate. Be quiet, grumbled the wolf. I'm trying to eat. I'm rather hungry myself, said Tom, but I don't fancy any of the food you have here in your stomach. I know a place where you can feast on steaks, cheese, and pies instead of scraps. The wolf's mouth began to water. Where is this place? it asked greedily. I'll take you there, replied Tom. Just follow my directions. He described the way back to his own house, and the wolf set off a trot, driven by the thought of a delicious meal waiting on the other end. When they reached his house, Tom directed the wolf to the back door and into the larder-off kitchen. Just as he'd promised, the shelves were stacked with meats and cheeses. A freshly baked pie was cooling on the rack, filling the room with the aroma of soft, buttery pastry. The wolf, opening his jaws wide, and was about to sink his teeth into the pie when Tom Thumb began to howl with all his might. Ow! Stop that, growled the wolf. The owners of the house will hear. But of course, that was exactly what Tom wanted. So he kept on yelling and howling until his parents came out. When the woodcutter caught sight of the wolf, he grabbed his shotgun. Stand back, he told his wife, and he took aim. Be careful, father, Tom shouted. It's me, your son. The wolf has eaten me and I'm inside his stomach. The woodcutter carefully lowered his gun and the wolf tried to run past him. 
but thinking fast, Tom's mother seized a frying pan from the stove and hit the wolf over the head and knocked him out. The woodcutter took out his hunting knife and carefully sliced open the beast's belly, and Tom crawled out. Oh, Tom, we've been so worried about you, his mother cried, stroking his hair with her little finger. Where have you been? asked her father. his father. It's been an incredible adventure, said Tom Thumb. I've been down a mouse hole. I slept in a snail shell, foiled some robbers, been chased by a cat and a broom, and eaten by a greedy wolf. But I'm glad to be home, and I don't think I'll be going on any more adventures for a long while. The end. There you go, guys. That was the story of Tom Thumb. What crazy adventures he had. I hope you enjoyed it. And next time we'll be reading another one of these Brothers Grimm stories. I think maybe we'll try. Let's see here. There's some we've never heard of before, like King Thrushbeard, the 12 Dancing Princesses. I don't know. We'll see. I'll look over them with Conchetta. I hope you enjoyed. Have a great day or a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. We are available on all major podcast platforms, so make sure your parents are subscribing so that you're notified every time we release a new episode. If you'd like for us to give you a shout out, have your parents email us at sleepyheadstories at gmail.com or they can send us a direct message on our Instagram or Facebook accounts. Thanks again, guys, for listening in in this episode. We love reading books, we love sharing them with you, and we love hearing from you. And we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>